Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode Eight of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? I'm David, and we're back at full complement. Matt, how was Big Harry? Harry's very good. He's uh, accommodating. It was quite cold in Mull, but he kept things warm and toasty. So, yeah, it was good. It was good. Enjoying that. And Alan's back again. How are you doing, pal? Hello. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for uh, for coming back, guys. Um, listen to us on iTunes or on Acast or any of the other podcast apps. You have been chatting to us loads this week, loads going on on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. And the Instagram is really kicking off with the sex bots and everyone else. That is Thistle understroke rugby understroke pod. Um, and we've had some great, some amazing reviews from one of those sex bots. How about this? Five stars. Excellent Scottish rugby pod. Pure rugby filth. Keep it up. So the sex bots are really, they really are a big part of our fan base. I didn't realise how much of a crossover there was between A, women that wanted to have sex with us, and B, women that liked rugby-based banter <laughs> on Instagram. It's a real rev- rev- it's a revelation. Niche. It's, it's a niche. Massive. Yeah, yeah, it is massive. So um, thanks a lot to the sex bots and for everyone else for listening. Um, we've got a great <laughs> show um, for you today. We've got um, a chat with uh, Nick Grigg, Glasgow and Scotland Centre, right off the back of Glasgow's disappointing loss down in Exeter. Um, we are obviously going to be taking you through our analysis of that game, some analysis of the Edinburgh game, although there are no um, highlights available <laughs> for that. So we are going to use our imaginations on that one. Um, and then Alan, we've got a quiz, haven't we? Well, I've got a quiz. Give us a little uh, little preview. Scotland v Samoa. Ooh. That sounds so tough. <laughs> it can be really hard. <laughs> I'm already not looking forward to that. I think it'll be good, though. I think it will be. How about we do... Should we rattle through some news? Quite a lot going on this week. Um, Stuart Hogg announced twice today by Glasgow that he's back at the weekend against Leinster. How big is that for the club? Yeah, it's obviously awesome. I mean, to give him his dues, I've, I've... Probably trashed Rui Jackson a bit on this on this pod this season, but... Here he is. <laughs> King Rui. But, King Rui, but... He's done a really good job, to be fair. That like, he's been um, sort of one of one of Glasgow's standout players, most consistent players. Um, but I still think like the the gap between him and Hogg, as we all know, is absolutely massive. And uh, hopefully, Hogg sort of can get his fitness back quite quickly, um, hitting the ground running, because I think that he'll be really important going into to the rest of the season. Yeah, I think whilst I do love Rory Jackson, I love Stuart Hogg a little bit more, and I think Hogg's got that game-breaking ability that whilst Rui Jackson has a lot of skills in his arsenal, one thing sort of breaking, making sort of 40-meter breaks isn't really in there, so it'd be good to have another person in the back line that can sort of 
bring bring that to the team. But no, great. What do you think he'll be on the bench this weekend? Has there been um, any chat? Um, there, there hasn't been hasn't been too much chat. I think I think it was um, Jason O'Halloran basically just said he'll be with, within the twenty three somewhere. Mm. So that yeah. was basically what. Uh, what gave that away, but is exciting. How about story broken in the Sunday Times by Mark Palmer? Edinburgh captain Magnus Bradbury missed their trip to London Irish due to an off-field incident resulting in a head injury. Any thoughts on that, lads? Well, at first I kind of just thought it was like a non-story. Like, yeah. Fair play, went out and got chinned and fell over. <laughs> is that a non-story when you're captain of a pro rugby team? Well, if it was a mistake... <laughs> like we've all fallen over when we're drunk like these things happen but the, the fact that they've sort of come out and been quite public about it seem makes me feel like there might be something a little mm. bit more to do with the story that they're not sharing yeah maybe it's just sort of like cockerel stamping his authority again just sort of like making an example of a player regardless of who what? you are and if you're the captain cockerel knocked him out cockerel might have knocked him out <laughs> is that what we're saying Potentially, I mean, I hope not. But it feels like an exclusive. Do you think it's a cover up? <laughs> cover up. The cockerel knocked him out. <laughs> no, just like we know that Bradbury loves the smash. We can probably can get knock away him with out. It. I don't well, know. I think it's a, it's a shame though because he's what twenty two. Yeah. Like he's so young, and I mean, I think it's a good a good thing for these guys to go out after matches and and like celebrate and and bond and that sort of stuff. But the, the fact he is captain. It just sort of like I don't know leaves a bit of a bad taste, and I know I think it it's probably not fair, but it brings up questions about like giving the captaincy to such a young guy, which I think you we sort of had doubts about over the start of the season, but I still think it at the end of the day we can move on. Who really cares? Yeah, well, and if you compare it to sort of Glasgow with their sort of clean cut captain who has no prior discussions <laughs> on a night out, I'm sure um, no, but I'm, he'll be absolutely fine. He's a good player, and I'm sure he'll come back from it. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, how about uh, news in the rugby paper this weekend that the SRU are considering investing in Worcester Warriors? Mad? Well, they've sort of come in with their Trojan horse, Alan Solomons. <laughs> <laughs> they've, so Alan Solomons is now assistant coach at Worcester. That is such, oh, a, bad, yeah. that is such a bad coaching team. Oh, Gary Gold and Alan Solomon. Really bad. I mean, when you're in crisis, bring in Alan Solomon. <laughs> that is who you need. Word for Edinburgh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they've dropped in the Trojan horse. They're sort of getting the lay of the land. And once they get relegated, SRU will make their investment. So you're going to invest in a team in the championship coached by Alan Solomon <laughs> <laughs> with not really very many scorers players in it, apart from David Denton and Tom Heathcote. I just, I, I don't understand it. It seems really random. Um, just I don't understand how it will work on so many levels. And if you're a Worcester fan as well, what do you think that your team's suddenly a, a feeder of young Scottish players that you lose your identity and everything? I just I just don't get it. So we will see how that one develops. It seems pretty bonkers to me. Um, it, I honestly think someone's like made a mistake. Like <laughs> it is so out there, and yeah. bonkers that a national rugby body would invest in an English. Well, particularly, particularly after they have literally just pulled out of their or scaled back their ambitions with London Scottish. It seems incredibly strange that yeah. they would be pl plumbing it into Worcester. Yeah. And Worcester is a team that clearly isn't sustainable as well. Like It's been running with huge losses. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> and again, there's issues within the premiership around how many sort of England eligible players you Yeah, need. exactly. It's and same in London Scottish. There are a huge number of issues, but <laughs> I'm sure we will hear much more about it. Or actually, we may hear nothing more because it will just be complete nonsense. But we will keep an eye on it for you guys. Um, but to kick off our um, review of the Glasgow Exeter game, um, we've been chatting to uh, Nick Gregg. So uh, here that is. And uh, we'd like to be joined on the line by, um, by Nick Gregg. Nick, how are you doing, man? Hey, hey yeah, uh, yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well, very well. Um, how are you feeling after the, the game at the weekend? Um, yeah, uh, but still a bit sore. But um, we had a like a long training session day today, sort of thing, and recovered recovered uh, the day before. So um, not too bad, but yeah, still a bit, still a bit sore. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty physical match. Where um, where do you think that you guys just fell a little bit short at the weekend? Um, well, uh, I think just a couple of 
we, we did like a team review and uh, we kind of uh, just didn't execute a couple of like key decisions on the field in terms of like kicking options or uh, uh, like who to, uh, who to pass to and those options uh, in phase play. So there's a couple of missed opportunities uh, where we could have scored, but yeah. Well, you must you must be fairly encouraged um, to be in it, obviously right up to the right up to the death about them coming up to Scotland and your chances of uh, beating them on home turf. Yeah, yeah, um, it's yeah, it's a uh, it kind of with the with the home crowd and that behind you, it raises the uh, the uh, intensity a bit for sure. Um, but it's just a shame. I, I felt like uh, I felt like we could have beaten them, but uh, yeah, just a couple of decisions and a couple of things didn't go our way, so ended up narrowly losing. Cool. So, so talk us through your your sort of preparation for the week ahead. Obviously, Leinster coming to to Scotland at the weekend, another massive uh, European fixture. How are you? How are you and the squads uh, getting ready for that? Uh, yeah, yeah, quite well. So we uh, we we got back on Sunday and kind of chilled out a bit. And then uh, yesterday was kind of like a learning uh, and preparation day. And went to the pool and recovered a bit. And today we we got quite a bit done um, with the main rugby session. And then uh, we have tomorrow off to kind of recover again uh, even further. And then uh, Thursday is kind of like a really intense uh, day and build up for the team. And then uh, Saturday is the, the game. Yeah. And um, what are you guys expecting from, from Leinster at the weekend? Um, what what sort, of, sort of different approach do you think they're, they're going to bring to the match? Uh, well... To, to be honest, we see them as, as quite a similar team to Exeter. Uh, they like to um, not put many numbers into the breakdown and they, they have a big wall of defence um, in, in front of teams. Uh, so we need to uh, kind of look at what didn't go right uh, in the Exeter game and, and improve that for when we play Leinster because we know they'll bring, they'll bring some heat on defence and, uh, and we need to look out for that. In a, against Exeter, you were obviously up against Henry Slade and you're going to be up yeah. against Henshaw probably this weekend. Do you do anything sort of specifically for those sort of players in terms of preparation? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, we have like a, we have like an I will board um, before each game and we kind of uh, write up some goals and, and uh, opportunities that we can take into the game. So we, we do a little bit of... Uh, kind of like opposition analysis of who we're who we're marking and and how uh, his his strengths and his sort of opportunities where we can perhaps beat them. Uh, so there is there is a bit of yeah a bit of analysis on that. Really, really interesting. Um, obviously your your journey to sort of getting to to Scotland and playing for Glasgow has been a pretty sort of unusual but kind of quite amazing story. Did you think that when you you first came to to Scottish saw you you'd be sort of lining up in big Heineken Cup matches and, and having been been capped for the national team. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's all kind of happened pretty fast. I um I kind of got the uh, got the email to to come over for for my first year here, and that was uh, my agent was like, oh, you should uh, make sure you practice the Oflow of Scotland uh, sort <laughs> of uh, so the national anthem. So uh, me and my dad kind of laughed at that. We went <laughs> like because we obviously didn't expect. Uh, expected to happen but it's just kind of took off and I've been given a lot of good opportunities sort of thing and uh, uh, grateful for those and it's been an awesome experience eh? and um, it's like a, a amazing to, to represent Scotland. Yeah, when you were when you were in New Zealand how did Stirling County get in touch with you? Was it them specifically that spoke to you? Uh, no, it was, uh, so I made like a, a cringe highlight video and put it on YouTube uh, of me Play, like all this kind of gangster music in the background. Yeah, we just and, we just uh, watched it. Me, seriously me good, playing good uh, back home, and then I think uh, Gregor Townsend or uh, or Gav Vaughan kind of saw the footage and and uh, hit up my agent and asked like for my CV sort of thing, and it said I had ancestry, so it was quite easy to transition over for a trial period, and then yeah. That's awesome, and obviously the the Glasgow squad's now got a bit of a uh, a bit of a New Zealand flavour um, with with Dave Rennie and uh, when Callan Gibbons coming in. What what sort of impact has um, has Rennie in particular had on the squad? And because I think we've seen Callan Gibbons just an, an absolute beast. The impact he's made on the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's he's uh, 
he's he's been doing really well and uh, he's fitting re- in really well with the team as well. Like um, it's nice having someone um, from back home from the same sort of area in mm. the team and like just the banter that goes on between us is good. Uh, and with Dave, Dave and Jace there as well, it's uh, it's exactly the same. It's just uh, it's quite easy to to chat to them and they've brought in these kind of new fresh ideas and at the start you're, you're a bit iffy you're not too sure how, how change will work but it seems to be uh, it seems to be going well for us uh, we're undefeated in the Pro 14 competition at the moment and hopefully we can kind of kick on further into this uh, European one Yeah that's great and, and, and looking, ahead, looking ahead to the autumn I know Gregor Townsend is announcing his squad next Monday um, are you sort of constantly in touch with the Scotland setup during your time at Glasgow sort of working on stuff uh, to impact on the international stage? Yeah so uh, so Gregor, Dan uh, and uh, Tetsi and, and, and Gav kind of um, come to our come to our trainings every so often and, and watch our games and that so uh, we're still like heavily like in contact with them and uh, they always ask how it's going and they must be uh, watching for for new talent and and seeing how the uh, how the guys are going so um, yeah fingers crossed I'll fingers crossed I'll, I'll get into that setup and hopefully I can um, give the All Blacks a, a bash which would be which would be an awesome experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, we got we always do. This. We've got a couple of questions from our Twitter followers um, that they put out there. One of them is, um, which I quite like, is what does Squigsy mean as your Instagram profile name? Ah, uh, yeah. So it's kind of it's, it's a short story, really. Well, uh, Grayson Hart, who was who was another Kiwi in the team, yeah, um, last year, who's he's now at Ealing. Uh, he. He kind of uh, so my last name is Greg, so a lot of people call me uh, Gregzy, and then uh, he he was he's a bit of a joker, so he he, he mixed up uh, Gregzy by accident one day, kind of slurred it and said uh, Squigzy, and then kind of went around the team, uh, starting I think it was just kind of trying to start a nickname or or something. I didn't think it would catch on, but now everyone in the UK seems to call me Squigs or Squigzy or. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things that's caught on, but it's just a play on my, my last name. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, and the other one that we try and ask um, everyone that comes on is about who the worst person is to to roommate. So who were you rooming with uh, down in Exeter? Uh, I was rooming with uh, Sam Johnson, and uh, How's he? <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's the he's the worst uh, roommate because I would really get along with Sam, but. Uh, I, I tell you what, he's he's a fighting machine, so it's uh, it's, it's a const, it's a constant sort of battle when we're when we're rooming together. I'm just fighting off smells every time I walk into the room. Oh man, that is grim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, all the best for the for the game at the weekend. We're hoping that you guys can get back on the horse and um, come back with a five pointer. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks a lot for your time, Nick. Um, chat soon. Okay. Cheers, mate. Cheers, bud. And so it comes to the end of the mystery of Squigsy. have to say, I thought it would maybe be more exciting than that. Yeah, I was really sort of putting that out as, as something, a great little story, a great bit of banter, but still. Grayson Hart just said it wrong one day. <laughs> fair play. <laughs> that, to be fair, that is how nicknames start, isn't it? That's true. Yeah. And Sam- rooming, rooming with Sam Johnson sounds rubbish. Yeah, irritable bowel syndrome is a problem. <laughs> so get it fixed. to avoid. But... Um, thanks Nick very much for joining us that was really 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 interesting um, and good to hear from the horse's mouth a bit of feedback on what uh, they thought went wrong against Exeter and what they're doing to prepare for the game at the weekend against uh, Leinster so that is obviously um, we will get into that now our own analysis of Glasgow's loss to Exeter 24-15 no losing bonus point for the Glasgow Warriors going down um, following tries from Tommy Seymour and Lee Jones with Russell adding some points on the boots um lads we all watched it together alan what do you think um went wrong yeah i mean we just got exited like they literally brought a game plan and they executed it and that was kind of it and i think um we chatted a bit on the pod last week about how glasgow have struggled with kind of big and aggressive packs and I think, again, that was sort of showing up in this game. I think um, we managed to sort of stay toe-to-toe for them for sort of basically the full 80 minutes. But actually, in the end, the one thing that shone out was their pack just had a little bit more grit and a little bit more grunt than us. 
Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Um, I mean, you have to remember that these are like the Premiership champions, and they've been a form team in in that league for like, the last two three years, pushing the likes of you know Saracens and stuff. So, I think the fact that we we did go toe toe with them is is really impressive, and and the fact that we were sort of in it for a lot of the game um, without actually playing that well. Like I think that so as Alan said, the physical stuff. I think we actually matched them. It was just we had a size and maybe power disadvantage, um, but there was no shirking of responsibilities or anything. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we all picked up on was that Glasgow just could not get any sustained um, territory or possession. And when Exeter had it, it just felt that they had the ball for for huge, huge periods of time, just sticking out the jumper, one-up runners, pick and go, just right through the heart of that Glasgow pack. And it was... I mean, it was just... It was, very heartening to see some of the defense and one thing that i think is a massive dave rennie effect how aggressive were glasgow at counter-rucking and how much did they definitely disrupt that exeter sort of juggernaut but ultimately they just couldn't do enough yeah i think exeter are actually a bit thrown by the whole thing by the pressure they were put under and i mean they, they did their pick and go game very very effectively um, you know, they they can put stuff into the put the ball in the corner, and they're gonna maul, and they're gonna pick and goo. They know exactly what they're doing. But I actually think when it came to like the backline, I didn't think the backline did anything really. Like I thought that Steenson controlled things, but you know, still looked a bit shell shocked. Um, Slade and Witten were you know solid, but they normally can sort of make breaks and make stuff happen, and you barely saw the wingers really. So yeah, yeah I think that it, it was it was clearly a tactic, and it worked pretty well to to a degree. I think they did exactly, Steenson in particular, did exactly enough to essentially nullify Finn Russell's sort of crossfield kicks aside, you know, in that second half in particular when Glasgow were really struggling to get back into the game, get any possession of territory. Finn's kicking went a little bit um, off the boil. He gave away some soft, um, like soft bits of possession with some dinks in over the back. Every time Seenson got his hands on the ball, it just seemed that he was putting in sort of raking kicks down the far end or chucking it up high and putting up, putting them under pressure. And I thought, tactically, that was a massive um, discrepancy between Exeter and Glasgow. Yeah, I think there's, there's a question around sort of game management. And I think Steenson and Nick White manage the game a lot better than Price and Russell. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, it just comes back to Price and Russell, both incredibly good players. But when they're on the back foot, or when they're not getting sort of as quick ball... And, and don't have the territory, they sometimes sort of struggle to sort of manage the game. And I just think well, the, one of the big differences was, you're right, Steenson and Nick White just kept pinning Glasgow back and they knew that the forwards could do the rest. It's a difficult one because, you know, playing in the Pro 14, these, these players are clearly developed playing in it, but you never really come up against an extra-like team someone that's just has a huge pack and even the South African teams that they've added which that's sort of the traditionally a strength ironically it's the likes of the Kings and the Cheetahs who probably play a less forward orientated more open match so I think it's a pretty big adjustment really going from you know playing the likes of you know even the champions the Scarlets you're you're not sort of getting absolutely crushed up front to, to playing Exeter who you know a pretty simple game plan um, Munster the team Munster, yeah, I suppose that's fair. Yeah, but we struggled with Munster last season. Yeah, four, no, four losses. So, um. well, what um, what impact do you think losing Fraser Brown so early on um, had? Like, I don't understand scrums, and I never will. <laughs> like that first scrum, we obviously absolutely dominated them, and then Fraser Brown went off. With what I, I don't know what the consensus has been on his injury, whether it's serious. I haven't, I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything. Ask Glasgow today. They said there wasn't an update yet. So um, he wasn't even part of sort of a ruck situation. He was literally just turning around and walking back, and he sort of looked to sort of keel over. And then obviously the second scrum, and actually for sort of like quite considerable parts of that game, we just struggled at scrum time. I don't know how many penalties we sort of gave away, but it was definitely sort of a couple. Um, and you know, I think it was a, I think it was a big, big loss because you know Fraser Brown talking about size. Whilst obviously George Turner is really, really good in the loose, he does give a considerable amount of weight away to yeah. Brown. I thought I thought George Turner was really good on on the night actually, having and getting seventy five minutes under his belt at that level can only be good for him. But I th- there was clearly an impact at the scrum time. Mm. But he was going around; he was hitting anything that moved. Thirteen tackles, top Glasgow um, tackler. 
and they were big as well. Yeah, I I think in the loose they're you know both very good players. I think we we've tweeted out a question saying you know hypothetical would Glasgow have won with you know Hogg Jones, who else do we have in there? Dunbar. Dunbar, and then I think one one someone tweeted back and said what about Ollie Kebble, which I thought was really interesting. If you've got someone like Ollie Kebble, who I don't I don't know what the injury situation is with him. I think he's and, out for um, a while actually. Hallen Nuko Nuko, whatever his name is, when he comes along, the Nuke, the Ouija Nuke, the Ouija Nuke, the Ouija Nuke. Maybe those guys just add like. Cause I actually thought I thought Ferguson and Batty did very well. Yeah, but they are still wet behind the ears, particularly Batty. They're great. Um, they're just. They're both absolutely great around the park. Yeah, but at that I mean, real scrum time. That's yeah. Like, I just it, wonder if you've was, got like, you know, two slightly bigger lads in those those signings. Those Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Those guys to come in, whether that makes quite a big difference and just makes your pack overall a, a bit bigger, a bit more physical. Yeah, slightly often a little tangent, but do you think George Turner could be on the bench for Scotland? in the autumn if you want a hooker coming off the bench and he's going to give you impact yeah interesting I mean he can play back row as well quite easily but I suppose yeah Stuart McAnally's been kind of well I suppose, it, depend- I suppose it depends if Fraser Brown's back for internationals doesn't it hmm. no yeah definitely but the thing is I think if Fraser Brown if Fraser Brown's fit he starts if Fraser Brown not fit I think you start Ross Ford you got to stick with yeah for the big 40 but yeah. his 170th cap. But I don't think you ever put Ross forward at the bench. Yeah, it's good. he's not coming on with giving he's, impact, is he? No, he's not. But yeah, I, I actually like the idea of George Turner. He's really abrasive. Yeah. And when you've got a ti- if you've got a tired pack going around for the last 20 minutes, particularly against a big team like Samoa or something like that, in the first yeah, I th- Scotland I game. His, his arrows are pretty good when he came on against Exeter. Line out weren't um, well. Yeah. So quite, quite interesting chat from an anonymous source that. Exeter knew that the pitch, the 4G pitch, was going to suit Glasgow's game, so it might have tactically watered the pitch before, before kickoff, and claimed it was due. So they say. I mean, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. you no, know, I I heard the same thing, and it sounds like Exeter knew that Glasgow were going to bring sort of fast running game. The weather was pretty good Saturday during, yeah. during the day. And sort of decided to sort of water the pitch and just kind of slow down sort of the general pace of the game. And it worked, you know? It, mm. it did work. And I suppose, you know, is it illegal to do that? Probably. Against the spirit of the game? I, I don't, what if it was a grass pitch and you literally just got like a hose and you just like yeah, it's turned like what, it into a mud bag? When Scotland put those little worms at Murrayfield to destroy the, the pitch. Ne- nematodes. I yeah. don't think there's an official rule. I just think spirit of the game. It's like when you like turn off the heating in someone's changing room. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I, about that, I'm sure that Exeter aren't the first team to do it and they won't be the last. So No. Um, what do you think Glasgow needs to do differently against Leinster at the weekend? I think it'd be a very different game. I think that Leinster, as, as um, Squiggsy was saying, are pretty similar to... Friend of the pod, Squiggsy. Friend of the pod, Squiggsy. Friend of the pod, Squiggsy. Once again, we've got a lot of friends this pod. Um, once again, are, are quite, sorry, are quite like Glasgow. So yeah, I think you kind of make sure you're fronting up and just keep trying to play that tempo. I don't think you do much. Yeah, I've, inadver- I've really. inadvertently taken us into our preview of next week ahead of that segment. Oh, so, right. um, Is, do, I didn't, I, I thought they were okay, but I, there's a couple of the forwards I thought weren't on fire. Johnny Gray, I don't think looks like he's 100% no. back. 
I thought Swinson had a good game. Mm-hmm. I thought Swinson was really, really he good. He loves that, though. He loves that abrasive game. Yeah, that, he does, actually. That, even against Munster last year, he sort of stood out in those games. Yeah. Yeah. Defensively, he, he was massive. I mean, yeah. I still don't think he's quite big enough to make the impact he needs to yeah. ca- carrying the ball. I, yeah. I was quite surprised not to see Big Brian involved in some capacity, but I think he might be carrying a bit of an injury. Yeah, just crushing it for Glasgow Hawks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he got on. <laughs> I really hope he didn't get on. I don't know if follow I'd... him on Instagram. No. He's got a little pet kitten. Yeah, he's, it's really <laughs> funny. He's, he's, got he's t- just holding it. And he literally, he thinks the cat is like the funniest thing in the world. It's just like, he's like filming it and just laughing. <laughs> it is weird, but good content. Yeah, I quite yeah. like it. And I thought our back row was second best. Yeah. And I thought Callum Gibbons had probably his least effective game. Of the of the season, yeah. I just I once again like I think that they just got overpowered, and when these guys are like the whole pack is bigger than you, it's just you can't like get bigger in the game. You know, it's quite it's quite no tough. definitely. Um, I think I think there's I think there's a huge amount of positive to be taken out of that. That is the champions mm. of England at Sandy Park, which is a notoriously difficult place. I don't think Exeter have lost down there since. Like December of last year. December of last year. Like is and we were in it until seventy eight with a losing bonus point mm. until seventy eight. Looking like there was that, that ten minutes before the end, Glasgow looked like they were beginning to find a way through. Yeah. But do we want to talk about ref do we want to have a gripe about the refereeing? Or was uh, that just us screaming at the TV? You no, know, I, I I thought the ref was pretty budget, to be honest. I thought it was bad. I thought I, he was actually really I thought but the, both, the both state, teams I thought he was pretty bad. The state of the rocks at some times were Really bad. There was people lying all over the place. There was hands. In, there was hands in there. He was just. He seemed to be letting it go for yeah. a bit longer than he, some I refs I thought he give. looked a bit overwhelmed by the occasion. Like, I thought he looked a bit rabbit in the headlights. He also looked so. a lot like Pep Guardiola. He did. We, that, we were making that joke. That quite kept a lot. throwing me. <laughs> I don't know. We we discussed this. I don't know if it's kind of a new. It's, it's come down from world rugby, but there was a couple of times where Glasgow were over the ball, and I reckon a couple of years ago. The man on the floor would have been pinged for holding yeah, on for to holding. the ball. Yeah, definitely. especially there was about I think it was two moments in that last ten minutes, mm. which would have been big, big moments, and it just wasn't picked up on. Yeah, I just think that's unfortunately the way that the laws are that it sort of it favours the attacking team these days, so you get a bit more time to hold on to it. But it's almost like you need to I don't know, just, ride out that first wave of hit. Yeah. And then if you're Stay. still there... I, th- yeah. I think the new rules are designed that, you know, if you've got your hands on the ball, they want you to actually take the ball away, not do that thing where you just hold it into the other person's mm. body to slow it down. To get I did pen. that literally every single time I tried to steal the ball. <laughs> I never once tried to actually pick up a ball when yeah, I was you just try and doing hold a steal. <laughs> exactly. And you, you loved a ruck as well, mate. Oh, Bloody loved a ruck. <laughs> um, well, I think we'll come on to a preview of the Leinster game in a, in a wee bit, but... Um, Disappointing not to come away with anything from Sandy Park. Shall we talk about Edinburgh very briefly? Yeah, Hanny had some thoughts on the Edinburgh game. <laughs> I think, Matt, you had some thoughts, and um, the match report on BBC looks quite good as well, doesn't <laughs> well, it? Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it's tough to have any thoughts when A, it wasn't on TV, and B, I've, I've trolled the whole internet, and I can't, I can't find any highlights whatsoever. There isn't so. even like one of those like rogue, like normally no. French, like, live yeah. like, full match on YouTube yeah. with like no commentary it's a bit grainy yeah. but you get there's, there's absolutely nothing um, I mean I expected them to win I hope that they win they were going to win when I saw the London Irish team and you know from what I've been following this season London Irish I, it's clearly not anywhere near yeah. their first team particularly in the pack um, and they did they went on to win it 37-14 tries from Hoyland Junior Rasolea Jamie Ritchie and um, Crosby as well with um, a mixture of Toby and Hidalgo Klein knocking over the kicks. But it was a couple of late tries that got them over the line, I believe, from the Twitter feed. So great to come away so. with a yeah, bonus point bonus, win. Bonus point win away from home against you know a premiership team. It's, it's a good start. Anything else to add? I suppose all I really know about the game was, well, it's good to see Luke Crosby getting on. And I think that was yep. his full debut and he scored. Yeah. Um, and supposedly at one point, Sam and Klein, they didn't have a 10 sub and Toby went off, so Dow Klein was playing 10. Interesting. Yeah. Um, he was kicking some good sticks. Alan Dell, do we know if he came through that uninjured? Is the loose okay. Is the loose head... We, I think we'd know, given the context of the loose head crisis. Is the loose head crisis over? Uh, no. 
<laughs> it will never, it will never. <laughs> I don't think it'll ever be over, will it? <laughs> uh, but no, good to get the win before the big trip out to Moscow. Yeah. It is going to be massive and against also, you know minted victors of their first ever European fixture, Krasnyar. I Fair play to them. I, f- I love how Stad Français went and lost. Oh, they do so not great. give how, a fuck. How have Krasnyar got two home games in a row? Because it's so cold in Russia, so they try to keep as many. They bring them as what? forward as they can. <laughs> like genuinely, that's what they do. Interesting. But I think last week's game was in Siberia, but it's already now gotten too cold, so they're playing this one in Moscow. So they're playing this one in Moscow. Oh, that's good at least. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Stade Francais had to go across on Tuesday to try and get like acclimatized to how cold it was going to be in Siberia. And Slash, they did, it takes no literally they 24 lost. hours. They didn't, to quite, they didn't quite get there, did they? Yeah, I know. It was also played at like 2 p.m. because obviously it's so late. <laughs> yeah, I did look. The, um, the f- dark at I, was looking, I was looking at the fixtures. It kicks off at like 10 a.m. UK time. Yeah, yeah it on, does. Uh, it does. Yeah. On oh, the really? weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So a nice bit of breakfast Perfect. viewing or let's that, be honest, that's, that's almost the, certainly yeah. not going to be on TV. I mean... Yeah, if they're not sending the cameras down to Reading, they're not sending the cameras to Moscow, that's for sure. You know. There might be a Russian stream we can rip off, though. Yeah, I you imagine. Do, you do know a lot about Russian streams, so... <laughs> Steady. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but again, we will come on to preview that, probably. Um, yeah, towards the end. Um, I've got some news that I forgot. Go on, then. Greg Laidlaw, supposedly injured. Mm. Really? Yeah, hobbled off with a... Knee injury? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he? Yeah. For Clermont. So, um, did you also see him involved in the most awkward interview of all time no. after the Clermont Ospreys game? So, Sebastian Vahamina, the second row, got man of the match. He's yeah. the biggest man alive. He's huge. And the Welsh presenter on BT Sport, I can't remember her name, went up and said, you know, just speaking in a Welsh accent, said, well done uh, on the man of the match. How do you think it went? And he just... He looked at her. He didn't understand her, and he just, he just shrugged. And she had to go. She had to go back to Greek, who was just standing there pissing himself. It was so good. It was so funny. He did a big. Um, he did a big piece with Mark Palmer in the Sunday Times yeah, this weekend, actually, just talking about you know how life is and how he's enjoying it. He says his <laughs> says his running game has gotten and his yeah, uh, and his, his kicking defense. and his oh his defense has got yeah. better since he was there. It was quite interesting what he was saying actually. That one of the reasons he went there obviously probably the main reason is cash, was that he knew so that, which is what he says at least, he knew that he wouldn't be playing every single game and that it would be mixed between him and Para. And then that, that his argument is that that would keep him fresh for international. So it's a way yeah. of like prolonging his career. Yeah, his financial... It's a very good spin. His financial advisor was also like, you know, your cash per game goes through the <laughs> roof. <laughs> you know, your bang for your buck. Yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that's a shame if he doesn't make the Scotland squad, which is going to be announced on Monday... Mm-hmm. But I yeah. suppose Ali Price has nailed down that nine jersey, you would say, anyway. Yeah, and it looks like probably... Sam, if he's injured, yeah. Sam Hidalgo Klein back up? Hidalgo Klein and Henry Pergos? Yeah, most yeah, likely. Yeah. Would be your three. But we'll talk about that next week, um, which is actually our one-year our one year anniversary pod oh, next, next Tuesday. So come, uh, come and join us next Tuesday for the anniversary pod. The 31st of um, October is when we uh, when we started. Especially right. for the preview of the Zebra game. <laughs> the oh, big Kings, one. sorry. What am I talking about? Southern I think Kings. it's the Kings. Kings. Um, right, Alan, you've um, previewed us the um, Scotland Samoa quiz. Yeah. Should so, we go for that? I'm really not looking forward to this I'm talk. I'm a bit worried about this. I couldn't be bothered waiting for the actual Scotland Samoa game to do this, so I just decided to do it anyway. Go on, um, then. We might go like question answers, question okay. answers. Okay. Right. I want to see see what your thoughts are on this. The last two times Scotland and Samoa played, what tournament was it in, and what country did they play in? I think I know that. I think I know that. Was it so? The last two games. Uh. Okay. Yeah, I got that. I think. Stop looking at my fucking paper, dude. No, I'm not, I don't need to, because I was at one of them. Right, so what's the f- first game you got? The most wor- recent was most the, recent the most World, recent game. World Cup. World Cup at St. James's Park. Yeah. Correct. In England. So and that's two, two points each. The one before that was on that, I think, was on that weird quad pre-season summer tour to the US Ooh. or Canada. I well, you, you've got the quad. The quad. Okay. It was the quad. Oh, in it was the quad series. Yes, in yes, South Africa. Yes, boy. Uh, I'm right. Lucky, mate. So four, four three to Hani. 
Fair play. You were both out of the game. Scotland Samoa at St. James's Park. Who were the three try scorers on that day? Uh, for in total? For Scotland. Oh, Scotland. Three people scored tries. I've only got one. I had a lot. Of you, got, you must I remember the I last one. I had a lot yeah, of I remember, Newcastle. And that's the one I've got. A lot of Newquay Browns that day. No, and you must remember the 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 first the first one. I've got the like first and third. The, ro- the roguest pass of all time. Stop giving him clues. No, I, don't, I generally don't. I'll have a guess, but I don't remember. <laughs> so the last, obviously, the last try was from We Greek. We Greek. The first try was from Seymour, and the middle try was Johnny Gray. John Hardy. Oh, off a uh, mall, was it? I think it was a mall. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it was off a mall. I did have Grieg and Seymour written down there, though. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Boom. So I got two. Six, I five. Guess, I guess Tommy, mm. generally. Mm. What was... Who Who won the game <laughs> in South Africa? And what was the score? Closest gets oh. the point. Um, uh... I just remember we almost beat South Africa on that tour, didn't we? We did. That's when we were winning at half-time. Yeah, that was a good yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. That was like when Tommy Seymour, Dunbar... Dunbar made his yeah, big... Yeah. Dunbar came on that game, yeah. Um, I have I, I, no idea. Right. Samoa won. Samoa won. Did you have that? No. <laughs> it's like had, two points then. I had Scotland winning. I only won 32-30. 32-20. I was close. 27-17. So Hanny's ta- Hanny has taken. His I think quiz. he's. I think he's won that. Yeah. And then the the solo try scorer for Scotland. Um, Sean Lamont. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that is very fair. Bonus question: Who scored the winning try for Scotland against Italy in the same series? Um, Strokosh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 when he burned that lad yeah, on the outside, yeah. it's like the only time wow. Strokosh has ever burned anyone. Wow. His enti- and it was like the slowest running ever. That I think that was my favourite quiz of all time. I'm really happy with <laughs> myself. <laughs> that quad series was like weirdly shit, but also quite good at the same time. I quite the, enjoyed the it. The match against Africa was class. We should have beaten them. Yeah, That's no. when Big Jim Hamilton went and got sent off for yeah. Simbin for punching <laughs> Esbeth, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. quite fair that he did yeah. that. Um, right, should we have a look ahead to the weekend and give some predictions? Let's do it. Let's start yeah. at Scottston. Um, I'm trying to get this up. Sorry. Um, Scottston on Saturday. Glasgow one against Leinster. One o'clock kickoff. If Glasgow don't win this, that's it. It's yeah, done. So, yeah. So, I, I was thinking that you know at the start of this tournament, you look at that group and think, you know, Leinster at home is maybe your one of your easiest games, but. So they were incredible against Montpellier. I watched. I watched them. They were incredibly efficient against Montpellier. I thought they were very good against a very big side. I, I think the Leinster are just they. They know how to win in Europe. Yeah, and they just seem to just have this constant conveyor belt of extremely talented um, guy James Irish lads. Yeah, he brilliant. On. It wasn't even meant to start. Absolutely incredible. Joey um, Carberry is looking better Carberry. by every game that he plays. Yeah, they're just they're full of like proper professionals, and they just get it done. Great squad. Yeah. Are they proper professionals? And they're proper professionals. Are they, are they yeah. actually proper professionals? I think they're paid and everything, yeah. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> um, I'm pretty confident. So am I, actually. I think the sort of team that Glasgow will like playing, I think Johnny Sexton's still going to be out for this game. It's all right. Sean O'Brien, he's lipper definitely, obviously, out. Yeah. That's, that's big. And so it kind of loses them a lot of size. And I think it's got Stin... I think Glasgow. I don't think it'll be a bonus point winner. I think it'll be close, but I think Glasgow. Win. Glasgow will have it. I think. I think Glasgow can do it. I think what Leinster don't have, they're not. They won't be as effective as Exeter would be at that sort of one-up bludgeoning oh, game, which unpinned Glasgow. Glasgow's defence outside of that ruck area, even in the ruck area, was very good. They just couldn't do it constantly mm. across the park. Their defence was excellent. Yeah. Um, I think I'd like to see Finn take a grip of the game a little bit more, maybe maybe play a little bit more percentage, but that is probably wishing for too much with um, with Finn Russell. But no, I think it's going to be a Glasgow win. I'm, I'm with you, Alan. I think somewhere between seven and ten points, Glasgow win. Yeah. The one area I am worried about is front row. Yeah. The Leicester front row, Leinster front row, Jack McGrath, Tag Furlon, Keen Healy, Sean Cronin against Jamie Batty. 
Ferguson, George Turner, most likely. Like, yeah. ex, I know obviously yeah. it's not as big a pack, four, five, six, seven, eight, mm. but that front three, I don't know sort of how it's going to be at scrum time, but I mean, it's essentially like British and Irish lines starters. Yeah. Like that that full that yeah. front row. Um, so that could, if that goes badly early on, and it'd be interesting to see if they do anything at, at sort of in the front row to try and try and solidify it, or, or if Just they stick. Else you can really like that, Dar- Darcy Ray is the guy on your on your bench. Darcy Ray, what Allen, and then who who be hooking sub? Pat McCarthy. Pat McCarthy. Pat McCarthy. Yeah. yeah. That's the issue. Is the three front rows that we've not got Ollie Kebble, the Nuke, and Fraser Brown are kind of where we're bringing sort of the heavy yeah. meat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I'm I'm still with you. I think if it's a dry day mm-hmm. at Scottsdale, I think we'll turn them over. But there is sort of areas of concern. Agreed. Um, do you want to put a score on it, Matt? What do you reckon? Uh, and Glasgow definitely have it in them to win, and they sh- they should be thinking they win. I just I just got a feeling that Lens- yeah. Leinster just might nick it, and I think it'd be something like. 20 points to 18 or something be really really tight but Leinster will just nick it that's good you've taken Alan's negativity for the week nice to see it transplanted Mm -hmm. what do you think Alan 24 21 to Glasgow Finn Russell winning penalty oh Oh, that would be very very good I think it'd be a little bit more comfortable than that what about (laughs) 26 19 I like I like plucking a score out of absolutely nowhere fair and we'll see how we get on um I've just looked up where Edinburgh are playing. They're playing at the Feely Stadium in Moscow at a early start, 10 a.m. kickoff versus <laughs> Krasny well, UK time. Yeah, UK time. <laughs> obviously, yeah. Was that on Sunday? Um, no, it's on Saturday. Oh, is it? So you can either watch the Bledders of the Cup or watch Edinburgh against Krasny I mean, I'm pretty sure you can't you watch... Bet, so, yeah, you're not I'm even going pretty confident you yeah. can't watch Krasny against Edinburgh. Um, come on. They've got to win that. I don't care if Krasny have beaten Stadford say Edinburgh have got to win that game. I, I think they should. I think that the way that Stadford actually lost is maybe a good thing that Edinburgh will go in and hopefully yeah. not be complacent at all. Um, and yeah, I just, please, they need to win that. We can't be like the first I think as a, team to lose. So I think as a club, and this is... They will, to... they'll win, but not get the bonus point. That's that fine. Would, it's an away win. It'll be two away wins. Taking away win without a bonus point. I think they probably should get the bonus point. I think as a club, they need to go deep into this competition. I think financially and everything involved, I think they need to go deep. They need to keep those revenues coming yeah, they need in. Some wins. Fair. And they need some wins. They need to grow as a club. Mm. I think they'll put out a full, a close to full strength team again. No, you won't. You're not taking a full team. To I Moscow. reckon they will. I think they will. You're taking like Hamish Watson to Moscow. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't playing last week. I mean, he wasn't, but still, you shouldn't be taking. They were Hamish saving. Watson. They were saving him for Krasny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I don't know. If I was Scotland, I'd be like, "You're not taking Hamish Watson, McAnally." That's a fair point. Actually. To Moscow, you're not taking any loose heads. <laughs> yeah, no, no loose heads. No loose heads in Moscow. No, the lads, we can't yeah. can't do scrums. <laughs> but yeah, you uh, should be able to go there with a semi-strength team yeah. and get away with the win. I think Moscow as well. You know, it's a pretty direct flight. And it's not Siberia. Like, there, there is a big difference. Yeah. So what do we reckon, then? Scores and doors? 35-9. Nine. 35-9? 22-13. 22-13? I think it'll be 31-5. An unconverted score from the Russians. <laughs> I'm just having a look at the, um, at the weather for Saturday. Moscow it is looking at... Four degrees. Strong. Minus so four bad. in the evenings. I think it's good for that time of year, to be honest with you. I don't think that's too bad. Fair play to them. And um, best of luck to both the Glasgow and the Edinburgh teams at the weekend. Any any other business, chaps? You wanted to say something about Irvin Rugby Club, didn't you? <laughs> well, you know, Irvin had this takeover by the sort of... Was it the RBS? He was like on the RBS exec board. He was on the board. RBS board, yeah. And he, and he was in Nicky Little and... Is it Matthew Robinson, the Welsh winger? It, it, he's not called Matthew Robinson. It's, uh, I can't remember his name now. But Well, yeah. And then last season, they came sixth in West 1. <laughs> You've got Nicky Little at 10, paying him 40 grand. Like, what? If you can't wait, if you're paying 40 grand for players... <laughs> And yeah, you can't you need to, you need to win you West can't 1. get in the top half of West One. 
Amazing. No wonder RBS went under. This lad's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, it seems that they've had an absolute shocker down at Irvine, haven't they? Yeah. Um, Did he stay on? Uh, I have no idea. I couldn't, I couldn't really find anything. I had a wee quick Google search today. You'd get used to that life in Irvine, though, on 40 grand, <laughs> wouldn't you? I'm pretty sure. Tipping up in West 1. Flying up to Glasgow on the early morning flight on a Saturday. Getting out of there as soon as you can. Getting out ASAP. But, no. Yeah. Cool. You'd burn, you'd burn through that 40 pretty quickly doing that. Time, time to move on. I think it's time to call it a night. Um, thanks again for joining us. Um, get onto Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, Instagram at Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod, and um, get onto iTunes, leave us a review, five stars. We're on 97 reviews. If we can come back to you next week having hit the ton, that would make us very, very happy. Um, thanks a lot, guys. Have a good week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.